Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Life is never pointless when you're on pins and needles, unquote. Which describes the mental state of our hero this week until just a moment ago when he received a telegram in reply to a theatrical advertisement he answered. And here, while his much better half is busy for a moment in the kitchen, he reads the wire that may mark a great change in the lives of Fibber McGee and Molly. Read this fast before Molly comes in. Now, take it easy, McGee. Calm down here. Shaky as the right hand of a class reunion. Chuck, I'm so excited I can't even... Oh, got it upside down. Fibber McGee, 79 Whistle Vista. Your answer to our ad received. Application for position as stage director approved and accepted. Congratulations. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Company highly impressed your association, such figures as Velasco, DeMille, Reinhardt, Toscanini, and Minsky. <laughs> Believe we have immediate assignment for you. Hot dog. Wire $50 at once to cover bookkeeping, postage, and etc. We will telegraph full details. Signed to Chippewa Entertainment Bureau for Basil T. Chippewa President. Boy, oh boy, oh, hot diggity. They got a job already waiting for me. What a break. Whoopee, good old Chippewa. I'll send that 50 bucks so fast it'll dazzle, dazzle. Hey, Molly. Hey, Molly. Heavenly days, McGee. Stop that hollering. What's the matter with you, dearie? I just got some good news, Molly. I just got the break I've been looking for all my life. You don't say. Yes, sir. As the pigeon says when he smacks into the city hall clock, it looks like I finally hit the big time. Now, take it easy, dearie. You thought you were in the big time before, and you always wound up getting the work. What's this all about? Well, in the first place, I answered an ad for... No. No, I ain't going to tell you until I make good. But you might as well know that I may have to leave town any minute. I gotta run downtown now and send a wire. Where's my checkbook? Up on your dresser. Okay, I'll run up and get it. I'll be back in a minute. Ah, oh, dear, what a man. He can discover more ways to stick his neck out than a chicken in a crate. <laughs> but I suppose he's coming in. Oh, Mrs. Uppington, do sit down and have a cigarette. Oh, thank you, my dear. I do smoke. Uh, well, neither do I, but it sounds kind of phony, don't it? <laughs> I mean, in the mood. <laughs> but now, about our Women's Club Men's Festival, Mrs. McGee, I just got to tell you that this president, I have appointed the queen of the maid. Oh, and who is it, Mrs. Uppington? Oh, my dear, you'll never guess. <laughs> it's the one member of the club who has the most toys and uh, personalities, if you don't mind my being personal. Oh, now, Mrs. Uppington, you shouldn't have done it. I just know I'll have stage fright. Imagine me, Queen of the May, now. Well, pardon me, Mr. McGee. I didn't mean you. I meant me. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. I, I didn't wish any of the other girls to be put to any expensive costumes, you know. And, and I happen to be the only other member with the girl's crown. Yes, I've often noticed it. On the left side, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes, the second rule on the left. Now, please. I didn't mean that. By the way, I almost forgot, Mrs. McGee. We have arranged for a professional director for the festival. Yeah. Well, I hope he's better than the old flower pot we had last year. Where did you get him? 
was from the Citadel Entertainment Bureau. Oh. And, my dear, he's been associated with such people as Velasco, Domini, Reinhardt, Toscanini, and Minsky. Oh, Minsky. Well, that's different. When's he coming? Well, just as soon as I wired him $50 to cover bookkeeping, transfers, etc. Oh, my friend, it be a wonderful feeling to know there should be an expert at hand who meets you every step of the way. Very base gives you confidence. Oh, I had a little cat. Her name was Nellie. She had hair on her back, but not on her kittens. Hi, Abby. Oh, how do you do, Miss McGee? Well, I, I must be going, my dear. Oh, I, uh, I see you have your hat on, Miss McGee. Do you walk my way? Oh, no, I don't, Abby. I've often tried it just to amuse Molly, but somehow I can't quite get that haughty flat-footed effect. <laughs> that flat-footed? Yeah, yeah. Well, I must say that. Well, goodbye. <laughs> Guppy's a guppy swimming around in our fish bowl for. <laughs> well, it's about our May festival, McGee. And it's going to be beautiful, too. A parade with floats and a stage Ah, home talent stuff. Just any minute now, I'll be tied up with a mob that'll make your little cupcake road day look like a flea circuit. <laughs> oh, really? Don't be so conceited, McGee. Huh? It's too early in the spring to start riding for a fall. <laughs> Don't you worry, Molly. I'm going to be the biggest... I'll get it, Molly. I'll get it. Might be a telegram for me. Oh, for goodness sake, McGee. What's got into you? Come in. Hello there, Johnny. Hello, daughter. <laughs> I ain't got time to talk to you now, old-timer. I gotta run downtown and send a telegram. Go on that way myself, Johnny. Wait a minute and I'll give you a lift. Oh, fine. See how you kids fix for Christmas cards. Christmas cards? <laughs> did you say? Why, this is only April 30th, Mr. Oldtimer. It's, uh, let's see now, 238 days till Christmas. Sure it is, daughter. But you won't want to shop on Saturdays and Sundays. That takes off 68 days, so that only leaves 170 days. Then there's six holidays and 25 broadcast days. That leaves 139. There's two Friday the 13th between now and Christmas. You don't want to shop on them days. These 137 got it all about 30 days from Graham, 10 days from living. Another 10 days from Gresham and Merlin. You'll be out of town 62 days that summer, making it only 25 days. Found off about a week to select the cards you want. That leaves 18 days. Hey, you kids better make it snappy. you got less than three weeks. <laughs> Selling Christmas cards, Mr. Oldtimer. The way you stuff dates, you ought to be working in a confectionery. But you said you'd give him a lift to the telegraph office. I am, daughter. Gonna carry him piggyback. What? Hop on, Johnny. <laughs> well, okay, old-timer. Here I come. <laughs> now, be right back, Molly. Hey, get your feet out of my hip pockets, Johnny. Hey, come on, daughter. Here we go. Come for me while I was gone, Molly? No, they weren't. And were you serious about having to go out of town, dearie? Serious? I'll say I am. <laughs> 
As the guy says when the elephant sat in his lap, this is the biggest thing that ever happened to me. What is? This job I got. Tell me more about this great job, McGee. Who's it with? The theatrical outfit. Oh, a fine thing. If you're such an expert on shows and things, why don't you stay here in your own hometown and help us with our women's club festival? That weenie roast. <laughs> Go on, I should waste my talents on a small-time corn carnival like that there. Oh, May Festival. Oh, oh. Bunch of bustles bouncing around the Maypole with gay locks. <laughs> Not for me, baby. Uh, don't be so superior. Huh? But I suppose it's just as well you won't help us. We're getting a real stage producer. Somebody with experience. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> I hope I get a peek at the broken-down old ham. <laughs> Probably an old buck and wing man. You know, stand in the wings and try to borrow a buck. <laughs> Don't you get it, Molly? I said to me. Ain't funny, McGee. Ain't? Okay, you can have it for your pageant. <laughs> oh, I'll get it, Molly. I'll get it. That's probably the telegram I'm waiting for. Come in, come in, whoever you are. Sorry to me, sister. Nicholas Eleutherius Iorius, constantly tedious, magnanimous, ex Depopulus. What's the ex for, Mr. Depopulus? Ex marks the spot where I had another middle name, Chupi, but I always remember to forget what it is. Well, what do you want to see us about, Nick? This big pleasure is being put on in Whistler Vista by the ladies' club. The women's club, Mr. Depopulus. What? No ladies? <laughs> I'll get to the point, Nick. I, I, I may get a message calling me out of town any minute. Sure, sister. I am disgusting with your wife. No, that's not right. Your wife is the one which is disgusting. No, that's worse. Isn't it simply disgusting? Well, what were you discussing, Nick? Well, Mr. DePopolis and I were making arrangements to serve sandwiches and soft drinks all along the line of March. I am taking care of all the arrangements, Cupid. But don't you would think it would be more efficient, you put, if we just let the parade go right through my candy kitchen? <laughs> You mean let Mohammed come to the fountain? Yeah. <laughs> Stop it now, Mimi. No, Nick, I'm afraid that wouldn't work. Now tell me, how much lemonade are you going to make? Uh, 50 gallons. Oh, fine. Now be sure it's good lemonade. Oh, my stars, yes. I'm getting two of the finest lemons money can buy. <laughs> well, aren't you going to sell any uh, sandwiches or hamburgers or hot dogs? You said it, Chupi. I'm making a special hamburger that I'm calling a banquet in a bun. Mm. With onions, pickle, mustard, ketchup, relish, tomato, lettuce, chili, salt, and pepper. Oh. <laughs> what, no mayonnaise? <laughs> that sounds marvelous, but how can you make any money putting all that stuff in a sandwich? That's the secret of it, is it? By that time, the sandwich is so full, there is no room for the hamburger. <laughs> well, so long, Fisher, so long, <laughs> Now, doesn't Mr. DePopolis make you feel a little ashamed of yourself, McGee? Oh, so come. Well, look what he's doing to support our May Festival while you run out of town on some wild goose chase. Look, Molly, this time the goose is chasing me. And any time a goose wants to put a feather in my cap, I'll take a gander at it, see? <laughs> come in. Hello, Silver. Say, Molly, about this pageant the Women's Club is putting on, is there any limit to the size of the floats in the parade? Why, no, there isn't, Miss Wilcox. Why, are you entering a float? I'll say I am. I'm building one for Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Don't you just love the way we sneak these things in, folks? <laughs> 
with all the delicate restraint of a puppy in a shoe closet. <laughs> Quiet, McGee. Go on, Miss Wilcox. Well, look, I'm building our float on a 40-foot truck, you see. Yes. The driver will be sitting in a big facsimile of a can of glucose. Oh. That's a reasonable facsimile. Oh, lay off, Beverly. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> along the sides of the truck, worked out in flowers, are the words Johnson self-polishing glucose. And then on one end of the truck, I'm having two beautiful girls in bathing suits with ribbons over their shoulders. Oh, yes. One is lettered no rubbing and the other no buffing. <laughs> and then a big banner with the words just apply and let dry. Oh, they got wet bathing suits. <laughs> and, and over the whole thing, a tremendous alarm clock with 20 minutes marked off in different colored flowers. Oh. Indicating that Johnson's self-polishing glow coat on your linoleum drives to a mirror-like finish in 20 minutes or less. Gee, I think it should be very effective. Oh, it sounds marvelous, Mr. Wilcox. But why have those two girls in bathing suits? Symbolical. What do you mean, symbolical? What have two gals in bathing suits got to do with glow coat? Popular products and figures to prove it. guy's got linoleum on his mind, you think he'd spend his life standing on his head. <laughs> well, just the same I like, Mr. Wilcox. He's a gentleman. And what's more, he can be counted on to support any local project. Oh, I suppose you're trying to imitate that I ought to... Intimate, dearie. What I said. I suppose you're trying to imitate that I ought to pass up the opportunity of a lifetime just so I can stay here and watch a puny little panty away pageant. Well, if you pick... Oh, boy, at last. Get ready to pack my bag, Molly. This is it. Hello? Hello? For you, Molly. Oh. Flying back into your cartridge belt, big shot. <laughs> Hello. Oh, yes, Mrs. Uppington. Oh, you heard from them again, huh? What? Oh, I'm supposed to provide room and board for the director during the pageant. Why, certainly. I'll see that he gets plenty to eat and he can sleep with McGee. Hey! Oh. All right, Mrs. Uppington. Goodbye. No, no. Now, look, McGee, forget about going out of town. Oh. You can't do it. I've got to put the director of our pageant up here at the house. Oh, but Molly, please, you don't know what this means to me. Let that scenery chew and cluck go sleep in the park. I don't want to... I'll get it. That's my telegram. Come in. Hi, Missy. You want to buy some flowers for me, do you, huh? Only got a half a dozen left, mister. <laughs> uh, what are they, sis? The six best smellers of 1940. <laughs> Oh, they are, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Look, sis. Last year, about the first of May, you come around and hung a basket of flowers on our doorknob. How come you're selling them this year? Well, I'm no longer on a sustaining basis of it. <laughs> oh, they aren't, eh? <laughs> okay, I'll buy them. How much? Nickel, please. Well, here's 35 cents. You got a nickel change? No, but I'll go pick you another flower. Oh. How far you got to go for it? Right in your backyard. What? You mean to stand there with the roses in your cheeks and my geraniums in your hands and tell me you deliberately took the... <laughs> oh, well, it's a pretty good stroke of business. Hey, Molly. Yes? You ought to hire this kid here as a business manager for the May Day Festival. Now, don't tell me what to do about the festival, McGee. Oh, well... Who made you an authority? Yeah, who made you an authority? Who, me? Why, in my younger days, sis, I was always directing some big theatrical production. In fact, I never felt at ease without a script in my hand. Script Ziggy, I was not as an <laughs> Script Ziggy, the sensational 
criminal super sophisticated show on the stage and screens, schooling sappy cinema stars in the subtle science of screaming and scowling, smiling and smirking, sneering and snorting, sniffing and snickering, sneering and sneezing, chopping and shooting, skillfully supervising stupendous spectacles, shooting smooth and sustained scenarios, shame and Shakespeare and showing up shore for his shabby sightedness, soundly seasoned by storms and stresses, but take it, King's men, it's tough with these S's. <laughs> You've got 18 imitation impresarios boarding here during this pageant. i got to get out of town. Any minute now, I might get a telegram ordering me to Walla Walla or Kalamazoo or Foster Loria or somewhere. Oh, now, listen. You might as well understand right now, McGee. You're not going. Okay. Think how people would talk. Huh? A stranger living in the house with you out of town. Oh, well, Dad, that is ain't fair. Here I go on my own initiative and, and get me a wonderful job, and, and you won't let me take it. <laughs> you're, you're wrecking my career. That's what you're doing. Let me get it. That's my telegram. Come in. Oh, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, hello, Miss McGee. Well, what's the matter with you, McGee? If it's any of your business, Gildersleeve, I got a chance to leave town on a big new job in my... Well, I mean, something has come up. I just don't want him to leave during the May Day Festival, Mr. Gildersleeve. We're getting a big director to handle it for us, and he's staying at our house. Well, you're quite right about it, Mr. McGee. He doesn't have to... You stay out of this, Gildersleeve. Anytime I want your advice, I'll ask for it. No, look here, McGee. <laughs> Don't you take that tone of voice with me. I'll take any tone of voice I want with you. What have I got to do? Take vocal exercises just to bandy words with a Weisenheimer like you? No. McGee, don't be so rude. Was it, was it something you wanted, Mr. Gildersleeve? Why, yes, uh, yes, yes, Mrs. McGee. Uh, remember you asked me if I wanted to play the male lead in your stage production? Yes. Well, uh, <laughs> I'll do it, my George. Oh, that's wonderful. What you mean, wonderful? What's that guy know about acting? <laughs> I'll bet he's never been on a stage in his life. <laughs> I have, too. My theatrical experience goes back nearly 40 years. Oh. I played the part of the middle-sized bear in Goldilocks and the Three Bears when I was only five years old. Yeah, I was cute, too. I'll bet you were. You probably stopped right in the middle of the play and held up your little paws for station identification. I did no such thing. And I'm getting a little tired of your scurrilous comments, McGee. Oh, yeah? Well, I'll make all the... Sp- the sp- what was that word again? Is it bad? Oh, it's terrible. It is, eh? So, I'm scurrilous, am I, Gildersleeve? I'm afraid I'll have to ask you to step outside. All right, McGee, if that's the way you want it. Oh, boys, boys, come down here. Sorry, Molly, I've taken enough from that bird. Outside, Gildersleeve. Certainly. I'll kill this guy. Now, what were we talking about, Molly? thought you were going outside with Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, no, no. I just asked him to step outside. <laughs> I'm afraid I'd lose my temper if he stayed in here. But look, Molly, you ain't really going to keep me from accepting that big job, are you? Well, temporarily I am, dearie. If you hadn't been so high hat about everything, you might have got the job directing our pageant yourself. Oh. But now you'll just have to stay and watch an imported expert. Oh, expert my eye. If this side is coming is any good, what's he doing messing around with little amateur tank-tom theatricals like this? 